Welcome to It's Your Business Leader podcast. It's your business. Lead it. You need to deliver performance to your organization now. To do this, you need to ensure process efficiency, product quality, and employee engagement. What happens when you don't have this? Underperformance. If you're tired of getting excuses and not results, if you're tired of mediocre employees talking to me in game, but not backing it up with action, you're in the right place. My name is Ron Hurst, a leader with over 30 years of real-world operational experience backed by the best of engineering and developmental psychology, and my goal is simple. I want to help you achieve the performance your business is capable of. In this cast, adversity, how to deal with it. It's really interesting that over the last several days, I had a personal health challenge in that one of my knees, which has some old football and soccer injuries, has decided to swell up and become basically useless. So I can't walk, I can't stand, I can't get around very well. And it's not that big of a deal, but it got me thinking about a different kind of cast, adversity, how to deal with it. There is some really common sense advice that I want to offer that I think is really important as we in leadership positions are trying to deal with the world around us and with the processes and the people, we need to be able to recognize and work with adverse circumstance, situations, et cetera. So how do we deal with adversity? And what's really interesting to me as I was, as I was designing this cast, I thought about it and I realized that how you deal with adversity is basically similar to how you deal with any leadership challenge. The three core things that I recommend, first is perspective, second is problem solving, and third, proactivity. Let's break this down and dig into each. So perspective. Three pieces on perspective. Cultivate calm, consider the consequences, and name the challenge. So what do I mean cultivate calm? The first thing that we need to do is recognize that when we face adversity, we're going to be dealing with some emotions, usually negative emotions. Usually they're subject, they're inside of us, and they affect how we see the world. And if we're not careful, we can react from an emotional state and actually make the situation worse. So my advice here is to cultivate calm. And how do we do that? Well, let's take a step back and think about emotion for a second and recognize that emotion is simply a chemical reaction in your body created by your mind that the chemical reaction creates certain physical sensations that are designed to get you to take a specific action. So the challenge for most people is that when an emotion occurs, we either suppress it. In other words, and when we do that, it's going to come up somewhere else and it's going to affect us in times where we don't want it to, or we identify with it and hold on to it. So it just like both of those are unhealthy reactions. We need to learn to Recognize the emotion, name it, experience it, release it. And if you can do that, then emotions no longer have any power over you. They're just simply chemical reactions in your body that are creating certain sensations that you experience and let go. So how do we do this? So the first thing I want to do when emotion strikes because of adversity, you face an adverse circumstance, you're feeling anger, frustration, whatever the emotion is, I want you Step out of the situation if, you, if it's possible in that moment and go off by yourself and breathe. Just take a deep cleansing breath 
The breath has this amazing ability to help us remain calm in difficult circumstance. Breathing is respiration is tied into circulation. It's also tied into your body's relaxation response. So just practice calm by breathing. And as you breathe, notice what the emotion is doing in your body. Is it butterflies in your stomach? Is it tense muscles up your back? Is it clenched fist, clenched jaw? Is it hot, hot flashes in your face or flush face? Whatever it is, just notice what the emotion does in your body. And then as you practice this, what you'll learn is that certain emotions have certain physiological reactions in your body. So you'll learn to recognize this, the signs of any particular emotion. Once you recognize the pattern, then name the emotion. In this moment, I'm experiencing anger. And the minute you can name that emotion, you're no longer subject to it. It no longer has its grip on you. It's just an emotion. And when you do that and you take another deep breath, right? You just take another deep breath and then imagine, imagine, as I like to do in some of my my courses, imagine it's a balloon and you're just releasing it, releasing the emotion. So you can physically release the emotion and then you can come back to a state of calm. I think this is really critical because if that emotion is clouding your ability to think, uh, you will struggle to really deal with the adverse circumstance or, or situation. So the first thing, cultivate calm by managing your emotional reaction. Then I, the second part of perspective is to consider the consequence. So look at the circumstances of the adversity you face and, and really kind of project it into the future. What is the most likely consequence of this? I know with my knee situation, the most likely consequence is in a week or two, it's it's not going to be in pain. Now, there's a longer-term consequence. I might need to replace my knee at some point, but that's eh, that's TMI, right? Too much information. But the point is, I can stay calm in the face of this short-term adversity because I know it's short-term, because I'm looking into the future and understanding the consequence of the situation. Now, if you're dealing with a peer that is argumentative and difficult to deal with and stubborn, that can go on for a longer time. So you need to really consider the consequence of what you're facing in the moment. And from there, we'll be able to look into the next steps, but consider the consequence. Think about you know, a week or two, what's it going to look like? A year or two, what's it going to look like? And that perspective that you gain will enable you to begin to go into the problem-solving process. One last step in perspective that I think is really critical, and I see when I teach problem-solving and continuous improvement, I see this consistently, that many of us in operations are so eager to get something done, to do something, to take action, that we fail to take the step of naming the challenge that we face. So I highly recommend that you write down, like literally write it down, what is the challenge? I'm dealing with a stubborn peer that won't listen to reason, won't see my point of view, whatever it is. Just work through and name the challenge. So that's perspective. And then we move into problem solving. Now, it's really critical that you get perspective precedes problem solving. Not only do we need a problem statement to work with, but we also need to be outside of that emotional reactivity that occurs in our mind. We want to be up in our neocortex where our problem solving and language abilities are. As we move into problem solving, there are three core steps here. 
that we need to consider. First of all, what are the resources that you have available to address this challenge? And you might want to look at your own personal resources in terms of skills and abilities. You might look at physical resources. It just really depends on the challenge. And in my particular case, I can look at my health insurance through my provider and realize that if I needed to get my knee diagnosed by a medical doctor, that that is one of the resources that I can consider. I could also consider the ice packs in my freezer or the Advil in my cupboard, whatever it is. So consider the resources that relate to the challenge you face. Then identify what your options are in terms of solving the problem. And, you know, root cause analysis can take many forms. It's really kind of funny. When we're looking at a process-related problem, there's a particular set of tools that we can follow to get to the root cause and then identify potential solutions. But typically, when we're dealing with adverse circumstance or interpersonal challenges, that root cause analysis process takes on a different form. And one of the ways that I like to do it is more of a creative problem-solving approach where you're you're mind mapping and brainstorming possible solutions to address some of the circumstances. And in doing that, so you identify the options and then finally evaluate all of the different options and choose the one that looks to be the best fit. In my case, I've spent a lot of time not being on my feet and using some crutches, using some ice and some other things just to reduce the amount of challenge that I face. And I realize, again, this is not necessarily a leadership challenge, but if you are dealing with a stubborn coworker, you might want to consider how well do you know how to influence someone? What other techniques could you use? And you might want to consider their perspective and go back and listen to all of our influence casts because there's a lot of rich information on how to deal with someone that isn't open to listening to your point of view. But Skills and abilities of yourself as an influencer in that, in that case are really important. Looking at the problem from their point of view, getting that perspective that they are operating from is another really critical piece of the puzzle. And being able to show that you see the problem from their point of view and you're looking out for their best interest is probably the most powerful influence strategy. You also have access to other people in your organization. Who else could you employ that might help you convince this person. Do they have colleagues that they trust more than they trust you, for instance? Or, you know, in the worst case, you could even go upward in the organization, looking how far up the organization do you have to go before you both report to someone. I mean, I'm really not a fan of the whole hierarchical influence, but it is an option. So there are resources available to you in that circumstance. The Ultimately, our goal is to solve the problem and to make a solution choice that, that meets the best circumstances. Now, that will solve the problem. So you go through perspective and problem solving. But there's another piece here, and I think this is often missed, and that is the third step of proactivity. How do we get ahead of the challenge so that we don't have to face it again? Because if you have a stubborn coworker, what makes you think they're going to be stubborn once? I mean, that is hashtag... Um, uninformed. And I think that we need to be considering where will the next adverse circumstance come from and get ahead of it. There are some really simple pieces of advice, some of which I've talked about, some of which I have not, but four pieces of advice 
that I think are really critical for every leader to hear. And they include the first, build your relationships now before you need them. And I realize some of you relational managers might think that that's a really weird thing to say, but you task-oriented managers, you get me. Build the relationships before you need them because eventually you're going to. So build them now. Second, build up a reserve fund now. You never know what the future might hold. And the adverse circumstance might be that you're no longer wanted in that organization. And you want to have a reserve fund that allows you the time and patience to look for your next opportunity. So build the reserve fund so that you can have absolute integrity in every action you take and be true to yourself at all times. Next, take the time to to improve your business processes now. The processes you're responsible for, look for ways to improve them now. And you might think, well, it's it's November of 2022, and we're in our busiest season, and there's no way I can afford to spend time on improvement when all I can do is stay on top of the current process. And I would say to you that because you haven't invested time previously in improving your process, you, are, you find yourself in the context of spending every waking moment in trying to hold things together. And if you invest now and every day henceforth in improving that process, next busy season, next November, you'll find it a little easier to stay in control of it and be looking for improvement opportunities. We get caught in the hamster wheel because we're on the hamster wheel. Only reason. Oh, you don't understand, Ron. I had employees that that didn't show up for work. Yeah, I understand. I also understand that engaged employees show up for work and work harder for you and have less injuries and higher productivity, higher quality. So I would say to you, if your employees aren't showing up, talk to me about what you're doing to maintain employee engagement. Improve your processes now. Improve your relationships with your employees and your peers and your boss now. So if you're doing that, I think you'll find, I know you'll find, that in the future, you've bought time because your processes are more stable and more capable of handling these spikes in demand. The final thing, and this one one just really amuses me sometimes, innovate now. What do I mean? Find ways to radically transform performance. Look for opportunities. Look in adjacent spaces, not even in your own industry. How everyone else is doing it doesn't help you. How another industry does it that's different than yours but similar does matter. Because if you can find innovative solutions that that launch you into a different level of productivity, you can face challenges now and in the near future that no one else can. Innovation is an everyday activity. And what amuses me about it is that it seems for many reactive managers, for many business managers that really don't understand leadership, the time that they talk about innovation is when they're under threat and economic pressure. And when you wait until things are turning to find innovation, you will struggle to find innovation. The best time to innovate is when things are good because you're in the best part of your brain and you're not dealing with the stress of future challenge. Innovate now. Find ways to just leap your performance rather than make incremental small adjustments and experiment and really get good at finding ways 
to challenge the status quo. And if you do these things, you build relationships now, you build a reserve fund now, you improve your processes now, and you innovate now, what you'll find is, is that adversity will not come calling you as often. And when it does, you'll be far more prepared to deal with it. And that is what I want for you, to be a leader who's proactive and on top of the adverse circumstances that they face. And if you do all these things, congratulations. Now, in our who does what by when, what can you do? I want you to look at a current adversity you're facing now and apply this this mindset to it of perspective, problem solving, and proactivity and see if you can start to, to address the adverse circumstances you face in a much more effective manner. All right, we'll see you on the next cast. All right, everyone. Now you have your action items. I'm excited to hear from you on how what you learned today works for you. Be sure to connect with me at www.developingleadersinc.com and brief us on how the action items work for you. If you need immediate support, schedule a strategy call with me and let's build a plan together on how to get you the results you need. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next episode, get out there and lead your business.